we make sure that we reduce the friction between human and technology. Investment strategy for digital transformation. That's Anupam Kare, the chief information officer of Ashkash Corporation. We are an $8 billion industrial technology company. We have 10 business units, 14,000 team members in 24 countries globally. We design and manufacture purpose-built vehicles for our firefighters, construction workers at heights, environmental service workers, refuse workers, and soldiers, among others. We have subscribed to a philosophy of innovate or die, right? And, and we constantly innovate to remain number one in the end markets we serve. And the second aspect I really want to talk about, I get excited all the time, is about very unique and inspiring purpose of Ashkash. We make difference in the lives of people who serve in our communities. And when I'm talking about people who serve in our communities, I'm talking again, firefighters, soldiers, and all that. And that purpose is so inspiring. It unites us all. And it has a digital uh, transformation impl implications. Tell us about the digital transformation implications that you just mentioned. The way we simply define digital transformation is, is using technology to reimagine our business for our customers, our employees, and our shareholders. Right? And when we're talking about reimagining business, we're talking about reimagining all aspects of our business. So we're talking about operations, supply chain, sales, human resources. We're talking about reimagining. And the second element is the on a continuous basis. And, and this continuous basis comes from our culture, which is innovation culture. It comes from our unified purpose. So that's why we, are, we feel like we owe it to our customers who, who do hard work uh, in our communities that we need to do these kind of things for them and we continuously need to reimagine business. But when it comes to bringing uh, the digital transformation to the next level in internally, the way we define is how do we maximize the potential of three most important resources in the organization? which is people, asset, and data. And I, in, our, in our teams, we simply talk about PAD, people, asset, and data. We do everything in digital transformation to make our people more productive, whether it's internal people or external customers. Assets, we are a manufacturing company, so we want to make sure that every asset we own is basically efficiently utilized using the technology. And finally is the data. Data, we, we want to harness the potential of data and we are harnessing to create more value for our shareholders. So that's how it is connected with our innovation and our culture. So when you look at digital transformation, what is the link between the, the innovation that you, you kind of described it almost as the, as the lifeblood of the company, that, that innovation. So what is the link between innovation and digital transformation? The word transformation itself, basically it embodies the, the concept of constantly challenging the status quo, right? 
and and being obsessed about our customers. And that's where the linkage comes, the, the innovation uh, culture, which we have, we call innovation is in our DNA. And, and that leads us to be more customer obsessed when, when we are doing on uh, digital transformation and also helping us to be uh, delivering value for our customers. What is it about digital transformation that enables the innovation? Is it just the fact that you're doing things differently, that you're rethinking, as you said, the people, the assets, the data? Is that is that the primary linkage? We have been reimagining businesses all the time. What technology does, right, when we talk about digital enable, technology does is, uh, it, it does two things. Number one, it acts as a catalyst, right? It speeds up the process of reimagining. And it also opens up new opportunity because the, the, we have a ability to do things more in real time. And also, we can collect the patterns. So it basically makes the reimagining businesses more intelligent. And it, it hastens the whole process. So the technology then is the enabler of, uh, you kind of alluded to data, but also very directly the, the, the processes. So it's, so it's a speed issue as well. It's a speed issue and, and it is an intelligence issue. It makes organization more intelligent uh, and more real-time. Real-time because of, can you elaborate on that? That's a, it's an interesting point. Human have a, a limitation which is uh, augmented with technology makes them significantly more intelligent and productive. That's, what, that's how we see there is a symbiotic relationship between human and, uh, and the technology. And if we establish this, what we do is we significantly propel the, the power of a uh, human being. So that's where uh, it acts as a catalyst. As you're looking across this landscape of potential projects, you're, you're the chief information officer, so I have no doubt that there's an endless stream of projects that you can work on. How do you decide where to make those investments? We run this prioritization process at two levels. One is at the strategic level, and the second at operational level. At a strategic level, uh, our CEO leadership team, we have an annual planning exercise where each of our businesses and leaders articulate the current state and their strategy in the form of white paper, right? Where the current business is and, and how it is going. And they, they talk about the market, the customers, their strategies and all that. And what I do is listening to their and reading their white papers and listening to those discussions, I share my technology white paper. And the technology white paper basically sets the agenda and establishes the connection between what we, we are thinking of and what uh, they are, are trying to do from a business strategy standpoint. So I, I give an example, right? If business has a strategy to grow in particular part of a region, right? Or they want to change the channel, how they want to work. There are technology implications on this. So we, we basically at that level, strategic level, we focus on themes on from a business standpoint, 
and also themes from a technology standpoint. So I give an example. We have three uh, major practice area in our IT function. One is analytics and AI. The second is intelligent automation. And third is the digital manufacturing. These themes came up as a result of that strategic exercise that this is what is important for the company and this is how technology can support. So that's at the strategic level. When I take it to the operational level, which is a more from an execution standpoint or the taking at the initiative level, we have a framework called VSP. So V is about value, business value. S is about strategic fit. And P is about passionate sponsor. So when we, when we look at, uh, link it with the top strategy, we look at a specific initiatives and we run these three filters, okay? What is the business value proposition here? Uh, and is it aligned with the top strategy, which I articulated before? And finally, do we really have a passionate sponsor? And, and this process works at uh, uh, kind of a multiple level, right? We have uh, four business segments. It happens at that level. But also we have a cross-functional team of business sponsors, finance, and IT together. And we debate on those things. And as a result, we prioritize. And what has happened as a result, I mean, this is working like we are very proud of how this whole process runs is we are seeing we are doing less projects, but more impactful projects. When I say less means compared to the past, but uh, still the, the need for digitization is increasing, but very meaningful uh, projects uh, are being executed. And since we get uh, a sponsor's uh, alignment, passionate sponsor, we see agility because when, when IT and business kind of uh, have the same common goal, projects gets done faster. So that's how we uh, prioritize uh, uh, investments. You know, I think one of the issues that comes up for IT in general is the selection of projects is driven by so many incoming demands, and it's not always anchored in the strategic alignment as you were just describing with the business goals. And at the same time, the operational aspects may not be entirely clear. So IT ends up doing all these different things, but how much of it really does make an impact? So it's very, what you just described is very impressive to me. The credit goes to, for whole process which we are running is, is our, uh, our CEO leadership team here, right? Because we collectively think that the technology is a, a big enabler of our value proposition, and we have to prioritize. So that's why our strategic planning exercise, which happens in every year, and we review it on a quarterly basis, that sets the tone organization-wide. And then, and I think you, you talked about in the beginning, our unifying purpose, and I'll establish connection. When I say that, a cross-functional team working together on this thing. This is where culture comes into, right? This is where innovation culture comes into. This is where unifying purpose comes into, that finance, business, and IT all coming together and saying, this is where we need to uh, uh, bet on, and these are the places where we need to invest, and let's get it done faster. 
Now, please subscribe to our newsletter. You just hit the subscribe button at the top of the CXO Talk website and subscribe to our YouTube channel and we'll keep you notified of upcoming shows. We have incredible shows coming up. Anu, so can you give us some examples of the kinds of technologies or the types of projects that have passed that scrutiny you were just describing and and where are you focused? Our uh, technologies comes into four broader buckets, and then there are some uh, sub-technologies within. And so four buckets are, we are investing in analytics and AI. We are heavily investing in uh, intelligent automation. We are investing in a basket of technologies for enabling digital manufacturing. And finally, is about cloud. So those are the four major areas where we are investing in. And then, you know, in analytics and AI, for example, we're talking about machine learning and, uh, um, and data, data quality uh, tech related technology. So there are sub technologies in each of them. So these are the, I will say, business enabling technologies, these four baskets, but there are sets of technologies where we are investing is uh, to modernize our core. So the way we think about it is transforming core requires a set of technology and transforming business requires a different set of technologies. So the four baskets which I mentioned was about transforming the business, right? And transforming core, when we're talking about, that's where the ERP, e-commerce, infrastructure, network, modernization, all those core components of uh, uh, technology comes into play there. We have a, a really interesting question from Twitter. This is from Arsalan Khan. He always asks the, the, the best questions. And he says this. He says, beyond executing the business strategy, does IT get involved in contributing to creating that business strategy along with the other business leaders? We have an element we call about expanding digital reach in the organization. And, uh, and I, I will explain how we get involved in this. So as I said, we have established uh, uh, three major practice areas, uh, analytics and AI, intelligent automation, and digital manufacturing. What we do there is actually we play a pivotal role. And we play a pivotal role because we have two capabilities. If I give you an analogy of a camera, we have a panoramic view and we have a zoom capability. When I give panoramic, like we see the business from very different angle and all we see all four businesses in a very different way. And, and we, when I say zoom capability, we have a relationship at the ground level, right? So we want to zoom anywhere we can. So in these practice areas, what we do is we have created a catalog of uh, business opportunities and use cases. And we go to businesses and uh, brainstorm with them what is something which will help them, right? And, and we narrow down those uh, priorities together. And that's where then we go through is a uh, process of uh, either piloting and experimenting and, and uh, also implementation where the co-creation comes. 
So to, uh, to coming to the original question, I think it is a business strategy, starting from business strategy, the only purpose is that we do meaningful things, right? But the approach, approach we adopt is we are building IT teams which are digitally and business savvy, and we are identifying champions in the businesses who are digital savvy, and we co-create there. So uh, it, that's how we work. So top-level strategy is largely an alignment and fit, but we take the lead here. This is from Mark Thiel, and he says that you should stop focusing on the shareholder and worry about data for better employee experience. He said employees are customer number ones, number one, followed closely by the external customer, your buyers, and the customer is and should be the primary driver for digital transformation. From my perspective, all, all stakeholders and shareholders are important, right? And they contribute to overall value creation. So yes, we start from, and as, as I said in the beginning, from the company philosophy standpoint, when we design product, when we design solution, we keep our customers, firefighters, soldiers, and everybody in mind. That's where basically the whole thinking comes from, right? In the product design and digital solutioning. but uh, how to make sure the value reaches to them. And that's where employee comes into picture. So I think the, the point here is um, uh, all our important element of value creation, we start with customers, keep them in mind, but we have to make sure the whole value chain is taken care of. We have another question from Twitter, and this is from Chris Peterson. He says, as a maker of durable goods with long service lives, are there digitalization opportunities for add, adding capabilities to vehicles that have already been sold? So he wants you to uh, either tell us about products you haven't announced or create some products now. <laughs> we definitely track the product life cycle of our, our products and uh, strategically inject uh, technologies in our uh, uh, new products. And we also think about the future, but I think, uh, 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 I, I think I will leave it there at there. So one of the issues that always comes up is the adoption of new technologies. You've, you've described at some length, the process that you go through to ensure that there's alignment between what IT is working on and technology and the underlying business goals. But ultimately, technology needs to be adopted. And so, so how do you think about the adoption of technology, which obviously involves um, process changes and it can involve culture change? So, it's, so there's more there than meets the eye. It can, can be complicated. Every digital initiative we have you can see from two perspectives, right? Is it something we are doing to them or we are doing with them? And in our case, right, we are doing with them. So almost every, like that's where our uh, prioritization framework comes into picture is a passionate sponsor. So we at the root and start point itself, we make sure there's a passionate engagement, clarity of business value, and we co-create together. 
So then what happens is then the old mindset of uh, training uh, training team members and uh, and uh, aligning with them th- them to use the technology is no longer valid because in the from the concept to design to implementation if they are with us adoption is a natural progression there so at every step there's um you try to keep very close ties with your stakeholders. I guess this also goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is really trying to understand what what those stakeholders, what your customers, for example, actually need. Yes, absolutely. The way we see every technology is uh, we we have implemented last three or four years. Um, uh, it may sound uh, unrealistic, but uh, I have not seen uh, adoption challenges. Right, that where we have to uh, tell them what to adopt is a is a natural uh, progression. It happens because they, what happens by involving them from the beginning, we create so much excitement about the technology and value in our people. It becomes more of a pull than push, and when it becomes a pull, is again same same answer here is a natural adoption process. When it comes to digital transformation, what kind of metrics or KPIs do you use to evaluate the success and the progress of these initiatives? The way we do is there are two levels of metrics. And the first is strategic metrics that I review with the CEO and, uh, and the CEO leadership team and, and finally with the board. And the second are operational metrics. And I'll give you an example. So at the top level, we have simply two metrics coming from digital. One is called operating income impact. So if we talk about reimagining business using digital technologies, that's the transformation definition. Every effort we do we have to have an operating income impact. Impact whether we do cost reduction, we increase uh, sales, right? Or uh, uh, whatever we do, it has an impact on operating income, and that's the one thing which we work on. So operating income impact. The second is human hours automated. That's the second metrics because the digital technologies help organization and people to become more productive. And that productivity, as simplest metrics, is human hours translate at automated. So these are the two metrics we focus on at a strategic level. But I'll tell you one thing here, as we said, uh, our partnership here, none of these numbers are reported by IT. This comes straight from our business sponsors, validated by finance. We only record what they say is the value. We are involved in helping to articulate the value, but finally the value comes from that. So that's the highest level strategic uh, metrics. But when we go to the next level, uh, initi- initiative by initiative, we have a different set of metrics. So an example, if there is a customer-facing work, we have a, a, a time to quote, right? Net promoter score. So every, every initiative has a different set of uh, metrics, but ultimately, they all need to point to top two metrics. Am I making, I mean, is digital technology helping business uh, from an operating income in t- uh, 
perspective, uh, is it making our people more productive? Do those metrics also cover the innovation you were talking about? Yeah, so it, it covers innovation because, again, the, the point here is innovation with intent and innovation with purpose, right? So in, in innovation cycle, when, when we are sourcing ideas, when we are uh, experimenting, at that stage, uh, we have a set of value proposition, right? And, and, and we have objective either to learn about technology or learn about the business value proposition. But when it comes to uh, implementation, right, before we implement, we go through the same process. Innovation has to lead to certain value proposition for the company. And it takes time to, uh, for business, finance, and us to come together to articulate in case-by-case basis. But every technology has a purpose. It creates value for our internal and external customers. So that's the, the science and art of doing it. So at each step of the way, you are, you're forced, in a, in a sense, to ensure that there's that alignment of the activities, the, oper- the operations against corporate objectives, which includes both finance as well as customer satisfaction, because ultimately that's going to lead back into the finance. That's correct. And the, the piece which we have made is our digital transformation more, uh, we have attempted it to make it more quantifiable, right? And that's why our top two metrics come into that OI and operating income impact and automation, because it is very clear. This becomes a unifying metrics. Uh, Every business leader, every group, uh, general manager and board is a common language. Everybody understands it. So that's what we uh, focus on. And we have another question from Arsalan Khan. He's shifting gears here to talk about data and analytics. And I'll say thank you, to Arsalan, for doing that because great minds think alike, I suppose, because that's where I was just going as well. And he says, when it comes to using data for decision-making, how do you make sure that an executive or a business leader's experience, which is to say their bias, doesn't overshadow what the data is saying? When I saw in 2018, when I joined this organization, this company is generally data-driven, right? It's a manufacturing organization, data-driven organization, but our key need here was data-rich decision-making. So it's from driven to rich decision-making. That's the one observation. The second observation was we wanted to make sure that analytics and AI models, which basically gives uh, results from data, they become a tool set in the basket of our business, right? So those were the two things which we kept in mind. So how we started our data and and analytics journey that will give an insight is we started with, um, as a leadership level, first we did industrial company benchmark and looking at that if it is an $8 billion company, and if we have to use, and I'm talking about 2018, 2019, when our program started, is we make sure that if, if we assess that how much is the financial benefit of using data in a sound manner, right? 
And, uh, and what it did, it, it told us the size of the opportunity. Then it also told us the areas to focus on. And we said, okay, supply chain and manufacturing are the two key areas we need to focus on in our data and analytics journey. And then we said, okay, within supply chain, these are the areas, logistics optimization, supplier visibility, those are the areas. So we came down to that level. And what it did, it created a value proposition in the mindset, the data and analytics, this is real, right? And when it, when it, it created that, then we created our team and the same uh, things which I mentioned before, we do in these areas, we come up with the use cases, we co-create solution with our business partners and and they use, and we monitor, we monitor the usage of our, uh, uh, our analytics model. So, so I, I think what we have done is through this approach of from a value-based approach and co-creation approach, what we have done is we have created a symbiotic relationship between this tool set and human being. So nobody is competing. I think this is an augmentation. And this is our framing. And I, I'll tell you, our, our CEO uh, has definitely uh, significantly helped us uh, making sure the, the data as well as automation, they are seen as additional tool sets to make better decisions. And, and that has set the tone. Very quickly, Mark Thiel comes back and makes a comment, and he says, "In he wants you to know, in his opinion, the shareholder is a recipient, a benefactor of corporate performance, and therefore the best way, he says, to create excellent corporate performance is by giving your employees all that they need, leadership, culture, the tools to be successful. Everything comes from that. Any, any very quick reaction to that? I 100% agree that employee experience, right, uh, is a very, very important aspect. That's the aspect I'll pick up from that question is, uh, and what we do here is we make sure that we reduce the friction between human and technology. Whether, whether you're using your a simple device, whether you're using a smartphone, you're using service, service desk, you're using laptop, whether you're using analytical model, are you using any system? We make sure that employees' experience is in our thought process before implementing those those systems. So that's why this is this is definitely very important. And 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 I'll tell you, we when we see automation and employee experience, and and somehow indirectly we connect with the well-being. So one thing you might have read about Ashkash, we are people first culture company. Right, and so people' well-being becomes very, very important, and that's where we connect. That what we are doing in technology make sure that we take care of that experience. This is from Carmen Hill. Do you approach core modernization projects differently from business transformation enablement? Is the process similar for strategic alignment? prioritization, co-creation. So I guess the question is, do you, do you approach these different types of projects in the same way or, or, or differently? 
we look at core modernization and in core modernization also there are two components right one is infrastructure and cybersecurity side and and another is more on the apply business application whether it is a crm and erp side so when we do business application side crm and erp and other implementation we follow the same thing as business enablement we see them as a business enablement but still they are core modernization when we think about infrastructure um, and cyber modernization that's the area is hard to quantify the value we still look for strategic alignment but the the place there our our view there is we look at the risk which is creating in the company and risk we are so this is a less quantifiable but is still articulated with the in alignment with our business that we are reducing either operational risk or cyber risk you can see i really prioritize the questions from the audience over my own the audience you, the audience you guys are great it's such a smart intelligent audience this one is coming on LinkedIn from Sai Penamuru. And he says the technology part of digital transformation is easy, but the process, people, or cultural adjustments are difficult. How do you manage this? Again, the process, people, cultural adjustments. And he wants some examples of tips and tricks. first of all i agree with him the technology side is easy and business part and that's where i think uh, uh, my whole approach here is not a technology led digital transformation it is a technology enabled digital transformation and that's where i think co creation uh, becomes very very important uh, so i i give an example um, that we brought number of uh, technologies in our manufacturing from augmented reality to virtual reality digital simulation wearable technology computer vision right uh, these are the set of technology we brought to our manufacturing and uh, but the idea here was to co-create here co-experiment and and together define so i think my simplest tip at the highest level is is alignment to the strategic priorities or pain points of the business as multiple level and uh, and in doing it together this notion of co-creation is really foundational to you, your entire approach it sounds like the way we see and another dimension i'll say is trust is a very important factor in digital transformation speed and its outcome and the trust is built on a daily basis and that trust is built if we are closer to the business in terms of a strategy and if we are co-creating things together how are you competing for technical talent in this very difficult job market difficult from the in point of view of hiring technology folks i don't believe in uh, talent uh, competition i our underlying philosophy is talent nurturing right and that's where and i'll give you an example talent nurturing what we are talking about is uh we hire people just to be clear we hire people nationally for key skill sets we bring interns for, with a purpose i think that's a traditional hiring sources but our majority of the focus in talent nurturing and how we do it is we uh give them skills 
in line with their transferable skills and their passion. And we give them opportunities, experiential opportunities. And so that's what makes the difference. So I'm, so the, I give example. We have created a robotic process automation. It is a technology which we implement for automation, right? We, this is a very high demand skill set in the market. What we have done is we have taken our internal resources who had software capability, retrained them who had passion, and they are now my one of the best RPA programmers there, developers there. And I give another example in data science field is we had a data analyst in our legal group passionate about data and, and wanted to be in this career. And we gave her opportunity in our, our data and analytics team, right? In two years, she's a phenomenal data scientist because what she did is she had passion for it. We had uh, uh, provided the opportunity and training and we combined that. So that leads to the maximum emphasis I am playing on uh, is on talent nurturing. And this is from Jasna Kovacin, and she says, how do digital technologies support your sustainability efforts? As a company, we have uh, uh, made a pledge to have a science-based targets, and we are defining science-based targets. That's the, the highest level. So that shows our commitment around uh, uh, sustainability. But in, uh, we, we have a sustainability group and we work from IT standpoint, the data centers and, uh, and cloud, we are constantly looking at ways for making sure that we, uh, we use the right level of right type of uh, energy sources to uh, help uh, sustainability. We are also helping from analytics standpoint on the energy consumption uh, in our manufacturing plant. So there are multiple initiatives in this, this space. Where is digital transformation at Oshkosh going? As I had articulated, our definition is uh, using digital technology to reimagine business. And we will continue to reimagine our business every day for our end customers. So this is a, to us, it is a uh, continuously happening exercise. But if we if we talk about uh, specific areas, we we think that the data will continue to play a major major role, and and we are uh, working towards that. And the second is automation. My my personal ambition is any and every task in this company should be automated, and our teams are uh, business and IT are working together. So automation and data will be the two direction where we are going to spend a lot of energy. With that, we are out of time. I want to say a huge thank you to Anupam Kare. He is the Chief Information Officer at Oshkosh Corporation. Anu, thank you just so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Everybody, thank you for watching, especially those folks who ask such excellent questions. You are such a smart audience and I, I love your questions now before you go please subscribe to our newsletter you just hit the subscribe button at the top of the cxo talk website and subscribe to our youtube channel and we'll keep you notified of upcoming shows we have incredible shows coming up everybody thank you again for watching thank you to anu and i hope everybody i hope you have a great day